Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Daily Medieval Podcast with me. Now today we are travelling to the 1300s to um, one of the Italian city-states to a scholar and poet of early Renaissance Italy who was one of the earliest humanists. This is Francesco Petrarch, a fantastic um, member of the medieval community who is incredibly important to our understanding of basically what life was like in a very depressing time because this was during well his life um, a big factor of his life was living through the black death which especially hit the city-states bad we see i believe it was siena go from a population of about eighty thousand down to ten thousand So we begin with Petrarch's letters, his um, familia, as he recalls, and basically he addresses um, various classical writers, Augustine, um, Socrates, Cicero especially, in these letters. And one of his most, um, I guess, infamous ones comes from... Um, a time where he was kind of contemplating um, basically life in 1348, so kind of the midst of the Black Death, when just as it was kind of kicking off, I believe the Black Death hit um, Italy, um, yes, yeah, so 1347 was when it arrived in Europe. So this is the year after where suddenly people are beginning to drop like flies across the continent. And so he says, he addresses kind of, uh, I guess, an anonymous uh, audience or person. And he says, what are we doing, brother? Behold, we have already tried everything and no rest is in sight. When can we expect it? Where shall we seek it? Time, as they say, has slipped through our fingers. Our former hopes are buried with our friends. The year 1348 left us alone and helpless. It did not deprive us of things that can be restored by the Indian, Caspian or Carpathian Sea, but it subjected us to irreparable losses. Whatever death wrought is now an incurable wound. There is only one consolation in all this, that we too shall follow those who preceded us. How long our wait will be, I do not know, but this I do know, that it cannot be long. And however short the wait may be, it cannot be avoided by being burdensome and so basically it's about this inability to find rest <coughs> this kind of anxiety and restlessness during kind of the black death or in the midst of it um, and it's not overly complex latin like that you would find in cicero um but to understand kind of the latin and the letters of petrarch you do actually have to uh, understand Cicero because um, when we look at kind of Petrarch's early life um, a lot can be revealed in his kind of contemplation of it because we see that Petrarch remarks that basically he's endured danger and death from a very young age he says as a baby he was carried around Italy by a young man and whilst crossing the river Arno the young man almost drowned holding him um, he says that the burden entrusted to him that was Petrarch. And so then it is pleasing to recall that since the dawn of his birth, he has been plagued by um, 
so much danger. His mother, we see, essentially dies in childbirth as well. So from his perspective, he's living in a time where kind of, although there is a lot of love in his life for his friends, which is why he calls the letters familiares, he writes in his familiares uh, 16 that um, about his style, where it comes from, and about his early life um, with just him and his father, and he says, and he says, you'll excuse me in your excellence, my style that to some might appear less than respectful. But by God, anything but arrogant. I do not know how to write differently. I have not produced this style in Italy, but merely restored it. Speaking of his restoration of classical kind of Latin. When I begin with this in my youth, I was mocked by contemporaries. However, um, all eagerly outdid each other in following me in this. So again, this connects to his um, early humanist life. So, he speaks in which um, he becomes acquainted with Cicero. He says, Since my childhood, when all of the others either open their minds to Prospero or uh, Esopus, I lent on Cicero's books, either by nature's instigation or by the encouragement of a parent who is a great admirer of that author. Um... And he says about how, although he may not have kind of understood it at an early age, the words, the way in which the language was, really stimulated him. But he, um, and he met a certain obstacle from his father, <coughs> in which he says, Until my father pushed me to study civil law, that if it pleased him, and God... Um, I will learn what is the law of the hired and the borrowed, of wills and codices, of rural estates and towns, and I had forgot Cicero, who describes the healthiest laws of life. So he says about how basically his father pushed him towards law, and that he wasted seven years in that study. Um, and that although it's laughable, it's also tearful to hear that that happened, um, because Basically, what ends up happening, as we will see, is that his father kind of really tries to sway him from literacy by doing this. He says, all the books of Cicero and some of the books of the poets that I had uh, were taken from their places where I'd hidden them. And fearing what was about to happen, his father burned the books as if he was a heretic. And he had mourned this. But his father saved um, a book, uh, two books, one of which was Cicero, um, the rhetoric of Cicero, and handed to them. And um, so this was kind of a consolation for his support of the civil endeavour. And so although the, um, kind of we know Petrarch by his um, kind of literacy, his um, poetic life and everything, he's... I guess had a really tough one from a young age um, and as we can see from his writings from a very young age he believes he's cursed he's you know was swayed by his parents he almost died as a child his mother died in birth and then of course you have the black death which then comes and 
he says regarding, uh, I guess, the future, he, s he says, Though not a Fidian Minerva, as Cicero asserts, but a true um, portrait and likeness, such as it is my talent, if I ever shall be able to give it the last touches, that work, I say, when it reaches you, may set up without concern at the summit of whatever stronghold you please. And so this kind of work, the kind of the compilation of the familiaras, comes at the end of his life, and it's basically his touching kind of, um, I guess you could say, kind of memorial to himself and his friends, love for his friends, and despite the dangers of his life, the depressing natures of his life, um, to kind of pursue passion, really, and um, the passion that, that that is, I guess, Cicero, really, in terms of Petrarch's life. But the question is, of course, obviously the main consideration of Petrarch in terms of historians and historiography is his Latin. Um, and there's some really interesting things that can be used um, for Petrarch to understand and learn Latin. And I'll take you through um, a short phrase here to try to kind of, I guess, understand, um, to try and understand the Latin and um, translate it yourself. So then you can also read Petrarch. So let's take this, um, which is about his um, early life in which, like we say, his father takes his books and burns them. And so it begins with this and it will come up on the screen. Um, if you are listening to this on audio, then you um, might want to switch over if you are interested in learning Latin. So we begin here in Eo Studio Septimum Totum Peridi dicam verius quam exegi. So the first thing here to to note um, is essentially word order. Now in English we work basically left to right. Um, so the translation, which is I wasted seven years in that study, you know, when you read it, you read it left to right. Latin is very different. Latin does not have a word order. Many people will write it with a degree of order about it, but as we will see, this does not have word order. In Eo Studio, uh, Septimum um, Totem Peridi. So, studio means I study. That's a verb. We can see that's first, um, the O at the end. Um, other examples, Teneo, Maneo, um, you know, if you see kind of an io, eo, whatever it may be for a verb, then you know that's kind of the first person. I study, first person present. So we know that then it's study, but although that's the third word in this Latin order, it's the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh word in the English translation. <coughs> this can make it difficult when um, obviously translating Latin because you almost have to translate it all first and then redo it with the word order. So, in Eo, so Eo is a form of saying I, uh, I, you, he, she, you know, we, they. So, obviously, because it's connected with the studio, the EO with the IO, we know that that's um, in relation. So, we know it's I, first person. I, so-and-so, blah, 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 study. Then we have uh, a number. We have septum, septemium, which means seven, and totem. Um, means kind of a total, 
So we can say um, here uh, the seven years, essentially, um, a total of seven years. Now, peridid, peridi e rather. Um, again, another um, verb, which we can see. Um, just to kind of give you a hint, means waste. Now it's actually wasted. Um, the idea is that it is um, past tense. Um, and of course, but we know it's first person um, of the past tense. So we can say it's I wasted. So I wasted seven years in that study. So that's the, the first bit. In Eo Studio Septemium Totem Peridi. I wasted seven years in that study. <coughs> then we have Dicam verius quam exegi so decam means to say and um it's again first person it's um uh, first person of the future so it's i will say um so we can pretty much start that off with so i i will say um and then we go on to various which means true so we can kind of um link that to nowadays various kind of verify that kind of connection you can kind of see so that means true so i um then quam now quam means who or which um and that um is kind of a very common latin word that you can find um so it can mean depending on the context who or or which depending on if it's referring to um a kind of an inanimate object or a person in this case um, it's um, which because um, it's referring to um, the study this the seven years of study that was wasted <coughs> what about say drew out <coughs> oh yeah then we have exegi again first person uh, to mean kind of i spent so when we stick that all together we get decam i will say um then we'll um truly uh, i will say more truly than i spent so decam verius i will say more truly uh, quam uh, which i spent than i spent um, and then the exegi is the I spent part. So there we go. That kind of gives you, again, an, an idea of, of how we go. Now, I think it's worth, if we kind of take it down a bit to the, um, a couple of lines down. Here we go. Omnes quos habere potuaram ciceronis et simul um, aliquot uh, pot poetarum libri. So this means all the books of Cicero and some of the books of the poets that, um, oh, some of the books of the poets. There we go. We just stopped there. Um, so omnes means all. Obviously, um, many people might be familiar with the word omnibus, um, which means kind of, I mean, you typically get it with, um, I guess, programs. For instance, you get like the omnibus of EastEnders, which is like all of the episodes. So it means all or whole. So all, um, and then we have quos. Quos, we had quam earlier. So this is just another form of quos, uh, of, of quam rather. Um, these, um, habere means you have. Um, 
so we have all these you have Poshwaram is pluperfect first person so it means to be able so pluperfect means um kind of were were taken had uh, that I had were taken um it's kind of a, a version of the future uh, uh, it's kind of a future past in a way um and then ciceronis means cicero et and same in a couple of other languages simul um <coughs> uh, some uh, uh simul aliquot several um of the books <coughs> Um, aliquot being genitive, meaning um, of someone, it's kind of the almost like an apostrophe. Um, poetarum, poets, and then libri, books, and then um, so then sticking that all together. If we go back, so omnes that's nominative, all of um, all the books because libri, um, although written at the end actually goes all, almost at the beginning all the books of cicero ciceronis genitive et uh, and some of the books uh, aliquot poter uh, poterarum libri some of the books of the poets we have genitive books genitive poetarum poets um and there we are that were taken from their hiding places were then burned so I think that kind of gives you a good um, kind of look at Latin. Um, it's it's a bit of a puzzle, um, but there are some really good um, study guides and things out there. Um, like I say, Petrarch isn't too complex. So if it's something that you were fancy diving into, then by all means you probably could um, with a bit of practice. Um, there's some obviously poetic nature about it, which can make it a bit difficult, but the more autobiographical stuff, easy. There we are. Thank you ever so much for watching. Have a good one and see you next time.